another question no we didn't we didn't do we sort of did uh because we felt the the need to introduce ourselves last episode uh do we do like a welcome to hibbida i'm hibba and he's bibida uh, like do we do welcome that? to moronic evolution i'm hibbida and he's bibida hi i'm bibida uh, um pr- i so think we should here. least say welcome to episode two of moronic evolution yeah we're here. You may remember me from such podcasts as episode one. <laughs> of this very episode, or this very show you're listening to? And you may remember my name is John Kinte. And I, after all these years, am Holly Davenport. Still, it's going strong. I'm going strong. And let me tell you, I have had a victory. Congratulations. Uh, since we've last recorded. Uh, a pretty pretty substantial victory that you were privy to, as, oh. was, as, as was the lovely Della. I have vanquished a beast on my plan to watch list on letterboxd i have watched reservoir dogs uh yes it has happened i've seen it with my eyeballs and let me tell you pretty good (laughs) (laughs) not you know it was good three stars it was uh no 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 no, not three stars uh but you know uh as far as tarantino is concerned uh yeah probably my second favorite if we're counting uh um kill bill as as one cohesive unit, because that's always been my favorite. I uh, I don't think you should, because I think they're separate and different and wonderful. and wildly different. Holy shit! Mm. One as in one like continuous story. Yeah. Did you know he was uh, thinking of doing a sequel? Uh, you mean a, a threequel? Well, yes. Like a like a third installment. Y- what, yes, what was but... the what would the gist have been? Uh, you remember, uh, spoilers everybody, uh, the fight scene in the home with the, uh... It's the opening uh, scene of the film. The kid? <laughs> Is it? Oh yeah, it might, yeah. Yeah, it might well be. Yes, and she's like, if you, when you grow up, you still feel sore about this, I'll be waiting. And I the see. plan was to take the actress who played that little black girl and the actress who played the bride's daughter and wait oh. till they were like 20 and then film them as the main characters in a revenge type of... That'd be fun. It'd be like Kill, Kill Beatrice or something. <laughs> Kill B. Unfortunately, Kill B. Yeah. Uh, Kill B. That, that window has passed, and I think they're like... Because what was it, 2003 or something? So like, uh, 2003 and 2004. They're yeah. now going to be in their late 20s. That's true. So so it's still possible, and they could also yeah, you do could with still other do actresses, but it was a nice idea. But yeah. to, Anyways, to, to um, full circle. But yes, uh, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we we watched it together, and, and I I ha- I've seen it several times. Mm-hmm. I would It's not one of those films I've seen like a lot, but uh, I'd say I'm quite familiar with it. And 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 as I mentioned last time, I had a couple of posters of it on my wall even before I'd seen it. I think. I was gonna say like you you hadn't seen it all that much, and you have it twice yeah. on your wall. It was so iconic. I had a friend who was obsessed with it. Uh, in college, okay. and he he was an artist, and he was he was he was one of those guys that was like, don't know how to put this. He wasn't ugly, but he was like <laughs> he was he was uh, d- differently attractive. You know, okay. he he, he <laughs> okay. took he took what life had given him, and he made it have have style. <laughs> And he was smart, and he was funny, and he was talented, and he knew about movies, and he knew about music. Yeah. Uh, and he was confident, despite himself, you know. And I was like, wow, this is a cool guy. I, uh-huh. I like this guy. And he talked about, like, oh, it's amazing, this and that, blah, blah. And I remember re- really wanted to see it. And then seeing it, and being like, wow, that was amazing, and, like, really wanting a poster and stuff. And I wanted that quote of Mr. Blonde. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? I thought that was so how, cool. how do you think that that individual would feel that you've essentially called him ugly on a public forum? He he would he would laugh, nod, and go, "Yep." <laughs> right. uh, I mean, t- uh, to be clear to anybody out there listening, this is not a current friend, so you can all rest easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, he was a guy who I I don't think I've spoken to since college. Uh, 
mm. at all, like maybe in passing like twice since then, but a long time ago. Yeah, just he was just one of the people I sort of admired as as a cool guy. I was aspired to be as casual and nonchalant and as knowledgeable about the things he cared <laughs> about as he was. That's so fair. that definitely shaped my opinion of Reservoir Dogs even before I saw it. That's fair. Uh, uh, yeah, ha- having seen it with you, uh, I was shocked at how, how intense and blatant the sort of racism and, and just like everyone in that movie is an asshole uh, at <laughs> yeah. some point. And that, so that's what makes it gritty and real. Uh, but, you know, you try and make that movie these days, it would get a lot of backlash. And that's perhaps yeah. is entirely appropriate. Um, I mean, I think you could say that about maybe every film in Tarantino's discography. Yeah. That's not the yeah. word for it. What's it called? Discography? But F- for movies? Filmography. Filmography, thank you. Because uh, they don't print them on discs. <laughs> That's true. They print them That's on fair. film. That's true. Should we should we play should we play a game? You want uh, to play a game uh, like a game Jigsaw we'll... from? Uh... No. What's the, what's the film called? Is it called Jigsaw? <laughs> no, it's called Saw. Saw. That's it. Uh, uh, let's go through my uh, my watch list on Letterboxd and go oh, sure. through the films that I definitely should have seen at this point. It's going to take a while. 22 and a half years old. As an American <laughs> yeah, okay. male. Absolutely. Okay. We'll start with uh, some local, or some, uh, not local, uh, some some relatively recent ones. Uh, get Out is one that I get shamed for a lot. Um, yeah. It's very good. Uh, let's see. We have Baby Driver. That's one that, that oh, people tell me to watch God. a lot. Okay. So there's going to be a category of movies in here, like Baby Driver, like yep. Drive, like um Mad Max Fury Road uh where whether you've seen them or not they are a a, a beautiful mix of action style music pacing acting everything together it doesn't make them like the best movie in the world it doesn't make them a high drama they're just satisfying in what they are yeah. and people who like them love them and people who you know have seen it tend to recommend it and if you haven't seen it everyone goes ah oh. And, T- and Tarantino's like that. He has his style that he encapsulates it with his music. And, and and Baby Driver is so good. Yeah, I have, uh, um, I've heard that from many people. So that's, the, for me, that's on the and that's on the, the plus list. Like, yeah, you got to see it, but also like, oh, we should watch that. Like, it's a, sure. it's a great group <laughs> watch. It's a great, it's just great. Um, uh, Fight Club It's one that I get. I get yeah, I think that was a little outdated. A what, Fight Club? Yeah. Um, it's maybe controversial. When I was in college, like, literally however many years ago, it was like <laughs> the film. Because yeah. it was snappy and clever and whatever, and it was philosophical. It was based on a book that was different to the film and also philosophical. Yeah. Um, it's it it's just sort of smacks of, like, masculine desperation these days. It's like, oh, come on, it's not that. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. Just get so you're saying it doesn't it doesn't hold up from when it initially came out? I don't think it does. It's still good, okay. but like it's sort of underlying philosophy is a bit outdated now, and it just makes you a bit cringe a bit. Like everyone's right. trying to be so macho, and you're like, mm. um, but uh, sorry, I spoke over you. You said Django. Uh, Django. Yep. Django. As in is, the original Cowser, Cowboy. Never seen that. Um, yeah, I saw the first Django. half of of Django Unchained. Uh, and yeah. Was having a lot of fun, but was also kind of like, this is really intense, and I'm not exactly sure why. And then it, yeah. the second half started getting unimaginably obte- uh, uh, intense, and uh, I stopped because <laughs> I didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, it doesn't pull any punches. Uh, no, it doesn't. Tarantino does not do that. You know, it's it's a weird mixture of historical drama and revenge movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes works really well together because you know there's a lot of people who were had very terrible things done to them in those time periods and they deserve some retribution. But sure, the way Tarantino does it sometimes misses the mark. Uh, you know, I would agree with that. In among all the humor and style, 
Um, uh, but Jag- right. Django itself uh, is uh, is like quite dated now, but it's it's got a style, and I can absolutely see when you look at it like that. Someone watching films in the sixties or seventies would go, "Wow, mm. that's so cool!" Yeah, totally. Because you know the premise uh, of Django at all? Uh, is it at all similar to the the Tarantino one? Um, not uh, not really. Okay. The, the the gimmick is that this guy is super tough, and he drags a coffin behind him everywhere he goes because Jesus. he has someone to put in it. Like that's his like thing. I see. Okay. But in it, he keeps a Gatling gun. So okay. he he's like walking around with his six shooters, and when he gets into fights, he generally does pretty well. But when he's really pinned down, he lifts that lid, gets out the Gatling gun, and. And just mows Jesus. out people and then carries on walking. So he's like the ultimate badass. But it's a real simple plot, really. I mean, it's just it's just a cool idea put into a cowboy movie. It's an experience. Sure. And then Django um, becoming unchained and going on a rampage. Like you can see the the yeah. thought path there. Sure. Uh, I'm going to list off a bunch of them because if we stop and talk about every single movie, we're never <laughs> getting to through that. this episode. No, no, we do not. No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> okay, ready? Just go. Oh yeah, good one. I'm gonna go through a lot, and then you can pick. Let's let's. I'll give you two. To shame <laughs> okay, me okay, Jesus. I'll give you two. This is just on my watch list, by the way. I'm sure there's more movies that I should have seen at this point and mm. have not. Anyways, okay, I'm gonna go through a bunch. Ready? Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, The Godfather Part Two, Synecdoche, New York, uh, Seven Samurai, Gangs of New York, uh, Silence of the Lambs, Apocalypse Now. Uh, Taxi Driver, um, Psycho, Perfect Blue, Mad Max Fury Road, Whiplash, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, A Clockwork Orange, Dallas Buyers Club, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Seven, uh, Dead Poets Society, um, what else is, oh, Full Metal Jacket, Uh, (laughs) um, uh, Fargo, Unforgiven, uh, alien, any alien film, any, okay, this is going to be the worst one. Any spy film. I have never seen any spy film. I have never seen a James Bond of any kind. I have never seen a Mission Impossible. I've never seen any of the Bourne films, which I know are kind of whatever, but I've never seen any of the Kingsman films. I've, I've never seen a spy movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here trying to process what I might want to talk about. <laughs> trying to pick the two. If you, you could have seen my facial expression, because like <laughs> each each one as it passed, I was like, "Oh well, there's that one," and then I was like, "Oh, I gotta watch that one." So you, you mentioned uh, I gotta pick more than two. I'm sorry, but you okay? All right. You mentioned Saving Private Ryan and Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Correct. Jacket, three absolute behemoth monolithic war movies, all yeah. different, all great. Highly recommend all of them. But there is such a different thing to recommend to things like uh, One Throw of the Cuckoo's Nest and A Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. which are like small, social, brutal, rather than the large, worldly, brutal. And then you've got other stuff in there, which is all whimsical and different. And Yes. You know, like it's others. Oh, this, I mean, a Dead Poet Society is another one of those that hits you right in the feels. Man, it's yeah, but it's, but it's not something I'd recommend to everybody. Yeah, sure. Someone who doesn't, someone, I mean, someone like you who is into uh, literature and and uh, stage performances, whether they're musical or otherwise, and mm-hmm. it would love Dead Poets Society. Um, yeah, I've forgotten half the others that you mentioned. But uh, can can I can I add another one that I forgot to say? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Shining. I've not no. seen The Shining. Okay, so The Shining, most cowboy movies, most spy movies, the alien movies. Correct. Uh, all, all of the Predator films except for the first one. Right, all the Predator movies. Even Fargo, I would say, are lighthearted enough that if you haven't seen them, it's not too bad of a thing. Like, Okay. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. Oh, I never got around to it. Oh, you know. My friends got my DVD, whatever. Like everyone would understand that, mm-hmm. uh, because they're really good, and some of by them the are way, quite intense. Yes. By the way, a friend has never had my DVD. 
I was right, born I understand. in 2000, essentially. Wait, are you saying <laughs> you've never owned DVDs to lend to friends? No, I mean, I've had DVDs, but there's never been a problem where it's like, oh, I can't watch this movie. Oh, okay. Because a friend has my oh. DVD, I'll just Google it, and there it is. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, okay. Show my um, age there a little bit. Can I... To put a bow on this dumb bit that I'm sure will come back when I realize I I find out more movies that we should name, uh, the the one that I get more shit about over any of the films that I've listed, which some of them some of the films I've seen, no, 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 it's it's outside of the list I've already said. Oh, um, I get a lot of shit for Taxi Driver. Uh, over any of the films I have said that I have not seen on this list, which some of them are legendary, like top fifty greatest films of all time kind of movies. The one I get the most shit about is Beetlejuice. Oh, weird. I have not seen Beetlejuice, and for some reason, people see that as a complete cultural cornerstone that I, they can't even possibly fathom that I have not seen. Um, Beetlejuice is like a nostalgic touchstone. A lot like... I think that's what it is. Mary Poppins, Lion King... Uh, if yeah. it's your era, you've seen it and, and you know it. Whether you love it or not, like you know it and you, you recognize it. Yeah, I, I saw Beetlejuice. I was probably a bit old for it to become nostalgic. Same for things like Hocus Pocus and Stand By Me. There's like a lot of like real... Mm. They just touch people at the right age and it becomes like, oh yeah, that one. Everyone's seen that one and knows that one. But Yeah, that's fair. Um, when did it come out? What, Beetlejuice? Yeah. Um, Must be 88. Like, why would you watch a movie from the 80s Like, if you didn't have to? <laughs> that is um, my mentality. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie. Sure. It's gross-out comedy. It's, um, it's also got some social commentary, spookiness, whatever. Kinda, yeah. It's got some drama in it, but I'd sooner recommend Labyrinth or The Goonies. As being uh, like more more iconic, more labyrinth better. God, we're we're just gonna talk about movies this whole fucking episode. That's <laughs> no, gonna no, be no. What we, we do. We're gonna have a hard change. This has become this has become a movie podcast. It's it's all over. I'm gonna say this, and then we're done. We're putting a cap on it. It's over. <laughs> labyrinth is a movie that I watched. Uh, I, I I watched it at a later age than I think a lot of people watch it. Like a lot of people watch it as like kids, yeah. and it freaked me the fizzuck out. Yeah, that is a freaky, very terrifying movie. Um, I, I like it now because you know the, the the David Bowie and the Jim Henson of it all. Uh, what was the other one you said? Goonies. Goonies is one of my one of my favorite like uh, coming of age. I guess you could call it. Story. I don't yeah. know. It's just a very very well put together movie for like as broad an audience as possible. Yeah. That is just like a feel good time. Fucking every time I watch it, it's amazing. And it's. And it's a it's a nineteen eighties staple. Like if you ask people who watch movies in the eighties what they're into, someone at some point will go, "Oh, Labyrinth is amazing," or they'll go, "Oh, the Truffle Shuffle," you know. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Sure. Totally. Like, and Beetlejuice is the same thing. I can see why people have that reaction because people of that age from that era are like, oh, "Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice." Like. Yeah. Oh, I've got to be careful. I almost said it three times there. <laughs> I'm sure we have at this point. Um, in a row, though. <laughs> fair. Okay, shall we move on? I have something. Uh, if you, sure. if you let's don't, move on. I, my my thing was like that. That was one of my things. Do you do you have a thing that we want to you want to stagger step it? No, no, it's fine. Go okay, for it. um, you have put something very interesting on our notes page. This <laughs> oh, will no. be, by the way, this will be an establishment, or this this will be a uh, this will be an installation of the bit we named in our very first episode called cultural differences. Ah, I would like to discuss something with you. You've written, and I'll read it verbatim, on this uh, on this note page. You have written cultural differences U.S. USA versus UK, and in a subline, you've written biscuits, cookies, crisps, and chips. Yes, I did. I have thought about this a lot. Uh huh. This is something that's very important to me. I think over over many an argument with you, with other people from England, with other people in America. A lot of people. I think that the debate between chips, fries, and crisps is that crisps is a better word for what we would call potato <laughs> chips. 
Well, oh, I have a, a something to th- a spanner to throw in your works. Or would you call it a wrench? Ha ha ha. Okay, great. Here we go. A potato crisp is a slice of potato that has been crisped through frying. Yes. A potato chip is a reconstituted potato mash that's then been <laughs> cut into chip shapes and fried. So that's a Pringle. Is a Pringle is, is a chip, not a crisp. A Dorito okay. is a chip, not a crisp. Whereas a crisp is like Lay's, it's, you can, or a kettle chip. You can see the potato structure. That's a crisp. T- to me. So if you go to the UK and you say, hey, let's get chips and dips, which people do, they mean Doritos or tortilla chips. Whereas if you say, oh, do you want a packet of crisps? They mean Lay's or whatever. Right. So to me, it's a logical, like, because when you make tortillas originally, they're like, you know, uh, like, like, a, like a batter, you know, and it's bread and you, or whatever. And you, yeah. There's no edges. Whereas when you start to mass produce them, they like have like absolute huge conveyor belts of like nonstop dough that they cut circles out of. Mm-hmm. And what's left around the edges are the tortilla chips. And they sure. break up the surround around the circles and turn them into a separate product that they can then sell as chips. Right. That's where the term comes from. And then they made it to a totally separate, also manufactured product like Doritos. Well, yes. Okay. But I think, I think I'm talking about the base meaning of words, right? Right. So, like I was saying, crisps is a better word for what we in America would call chips, which is a much, from what it, it sounds like, is I, a much I broader, it's a much broader category in America than it is in the UK. A, a, a it, chip, it is. or I'm sorry, a crisp is a much more specific thing to you than it would be to me. I think it's more specific to me than most British people. Right. A lot of British people would call Doritos crisps as well because they're used to the idea of it. Yep. But if you look at the packets, they don't say crisps on Doritos. Right. Where Whereas, they do where America has the leg up is our word for fries is better than your word. I this agree. Is what I, this is the conclusion, conclusion over years of debate that I have come to. Is that I think I think that crisps is a better word for what we call chips. However, fries is a better word for what you call chips. I, I have a dilemma though because uh, you have like fries when you go to McDonald's or wherever you think mm-hmm. of thin, crispy, fried, whatever. Yeah. You also have like steak cut fries, right? Yeah, but they're still or fries. Steak cut potato or home fries, or whatever. Whereas in the UK, we have many fast food restaurants that have made the divide uh, over the ocean and yes. we call those fries when you order them you're ordering fries from McDonald's really? whereas you go to a chip shop they're chips because they're different they're softer they're bigger they're cooked differently but most people when talking about it in general would say oh I really like chips uh, but actually if you look at the packaging once again it says fries and chips separately different things so if you were to go to a McDonald's right now yeah you would you would order fries yeah how so very fascinating and people gloss over that so quickly because they're like yeah of course not no i eat my chips and my and my crisps right when they sit there with their mcdonald's fries and their doritos that clearly say fries and chips <laughs> on them um huh. interesting biscuits and cookies is a, is a is a slightly different um uh there is a crossover you have shortbread right in america yeah, sure, sure. Well, we um, we would call them shortbread cookies, is the thing. We would call it shortbread biscuits. And you have Oreos. Uh, right. And Oreos are, they have a zero sort of moisture content to the biscuit cookie part of it, if you ignore the cream filling. Yeah. That's pretty much what a biscuit is in the UK. It's like a cookie, but they're dry, usually molded, and they are <laughs> cooked until they are brittle, like... Biscuit sure. firing clay, like that's where it comes from. So yeah, it's like a biscuit. A biscuit is a dried out pulp of something. So like you get like paper or wood biscuits for like firing. Uh, sorry, for like burning in fires and stuff. Whereas a cookie is cut out, right? Cookie cutters. Yeah. So you make it, make a mix. You might make a ball rather than cutting it out, or you know. But that's that's where I think the difference is. Once again, it's a, this is me trying to be logical. Like I think that's where it comes from. But most people just go. Uh, they're all cookies or they're all biscuits. Sure. Uh, I guess where the divide is, I I don't 
I'm not passionate about the word cookie. Like that's that's I don't know. Sure. It's just that's not a term that I'm like gonna die on a hill for. Uh, however, biscuit to me, just just because of you know America is uh, it, the environment that I've lived in my whole life. Uh, mm. Biscuit is a word that means something soft to me. Interesting. Like a biscuit. Like like a biscuit. Like like when I hear the word biscuit, I think of buttermilk biscuits. Like a biscuit sandwich is like huh. a soft, flaky, and or like crumbly like like breadish thing. You know, very thick, dense bread type thing. Like mm-hmm. biscuits and gravy. Like we were talking about it last episode. Like that's my my the thing I can make well enough to sure. Uh, and and I you and I have discussed it. before that the, the biscuits and gravy uh, is more similar to to a British scone. It's a flakier, lighter, bigger, more sure. like you know. It's a it's a it's a different, totally different product to a, to a cookie or a, or a biscuit here. Right. And uh, I think where the issue comes in there is that because you already use the word for something else, the meaning of biscuit being a soft, flaky, whatever has overtaken the original meaning of biscuit, meaning like a flat, dry, crisp thing. Um, whereas, so it, it comes down to, well, we've been using the word biscuit for 14 centuries. <laughs> sure, you're right. I'm not here to debate, you know. Uh, I'm not trying to reclaim the word. <laughs> I'm just... and, and, by, and by no means am I saying that tradition rules, because like, I think uh, progressive changes are nearly always for the best, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, so like you, if, usually if, that's reserved for more important issues than naming oh, well, foodstuffs, perhaps. but you know. But like, I'll happily walk into a McDonald's and order fries because that's what they are. Sure. And if someone told me, ah, "I'm afraid you have to start calling these things Southern biscuits and these things British biscuits," I'd be like, "I can see the the reasoning there, whatever." Mm-hmm. You know. But if I if I visit America and I go to the South and I order biscuits and gravy and I get like a rich tea with some bisto on it, you know, I'm gonna be very confused because I know that it's not what it is. It's a uh, scone with sausage gravy on it, essentially. Because <laughs> uh, the gravy you're referring to is is a is a like a bechamel based like white sausage meat gravy, right? Okay, you know I don't know what that word means, right? Um, uh, bechamel is one of the French mother sauces. It's it's flour, butter, and milk. It's oh, like okay. a white white sauce, basic white sauce. Oh. Uh, and then you put sausage meat in it or whatever, and mm. you get sausage gravy. Or you put cheese in it, and you get a sauce Mornay or a cheese sauce. Uh, or you put it in a lasagna. You know, like it's a white sauce. It's the most basic of the non-vegetable-based sauces. And if you want a if you want a gravy, traditionally in the UK, you brown the flour so that you get a and you put meat juices in it so you get a brown liquid rather than a white liquid. Okay. Whereas sausage gravy isn't the flour is not browned, so it comes out very blonde. So when you see an image of this lumpy white gravy, which is delicious, I've I've made it myself, mm-hmm. uh, on what look like scones to a British person, they look at it and they go, how on earth is that biscuits or gravy? They'd expect to see little <laughs> flat, dry discs with brown liquid all over them, you know. Which probably wouldn't be lovely. Which would be horrendous, and I would yeah. never want to get it if I ordered it. If, like I said, if I got rich teas with pesto on it, I'd be like, no, what is this? Yeah, not great. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I won't go too far into it, but there is another little addendum. Uh, jam and jelly and jello is often a big really? one. What's, what's, jello, what's the divide there? Jello is an American brand of uh, pectin or... Uh, of what's ge- the, gelatin. What's the right. Yeah, gelatin, dessert, pudding, yeah. whatever. Um, we would call that a jelly, because it's a non-branded term. Oh. We would say willy, wibble wobble wibble wobble jelly on a plate. Um, but jelly is also a term for a fruit preserve with all the bits strained out, so it's just the juice that then sets. And yeah. that's your standard for preserves. Whereas we say jam, which has fruit pieces in it. Okay. So... We have both jams and jellies here. You have both jams and jellies in America, but when you talk about the group in general, you say jelly and I say jam. Which sure. Then the confuse comes in because I want to say jelly for Jello, and that's where you go. Well, what you mean, like strawberry jelly? And I'm like, no, I don't mean strawberry jam. I mean, but that's fair. Whether you talk whether you talk about whole fruit, chopped fruit, 
uh, strange fruit, uh, fruit rinds, they all have a different name within that preserves category. Yeah. Because, like, uh, marmalade is, is rind, and conserve is whole fruit, and, you know. I think that... I think I think the point goes to to the UK in this one. Uh, I have gone um, my entire life not knowing the difference between jellies and jam. Like I've I've well, never once known what makes that distinct. Like and you you you're saying that you guys refer to jelly as more of a jello thing. Yes, yes. So the only reason I know is because I've met lots of American people online and had this argument with no backing, <laughs> and oh. I've gone and researched it so that I can have this conversation and be like, actually, if you look at the fine print, this is a I jam. See. Um, it's it's partially like I don't really care what people call it as long as you understand. But there's just... absolutely a set of people who go, "Oh, what? What are you saying? <laughs> you put what on your toast? You want to put jelly on your toast?" So it's like, no, they want to put jam on their toast. You're just being obstinately, you know, ignorant. Let Let's just get rid of the word, right? All, all the words. <laughs> let's just call it. Let's word. Let's say Smucker's strawberry stuff. Except we don't have smuckers here. Oh, for fuck's sake! You uh, have to. I think you have to just go with uh, what you call like portmanteau words, so it becomes preserved strawberry spread, or one word. Oh, okay. Pres pres straw spread, <laughs> and then <laughs> pres rasp spread. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone knows terrible. exactly what it is. I guess, but that's I don't know. So you don't call them biscuits. You call them s- sweet dry cracker treats. I- <laughs> Now I will. Crisped potatoes. You know, crisped um, potato slices is the new like, name for crisps. I like the idea of us just, like, of, of society just over-explaining, like, our common words for things. It's just like, yes, uh, might I have a bag of thinly sliced potatoes fried and salted? Like, like no one would ever get anything done because we were just stuck ordering food for 45 minutes. May I introduce you to my mother's sister's husband? You know. <laughs> He oh. prefers the uh, cheese and the vegetable onion flavored potato crisp snacks. <laughs> uh, here's what we should do with uh, with cultural differences: we should keep score. Okay. Like I, I, I said, I said point. To, I said point one to UK. To the snooty Brit. What do you? Well, hold on. I think we get a point each for the crisps, fries, chips okay. debate. Uh, let's actually write this down, right? So, so. Oh no! Uh, yeah, no, I will. Fries one for sure. Fries one. Crisps one for sure. Yes. I think the cookie versus biscuit is just cultural, and it's actually. I'd happily call them all cookies or all biscuits. I don't really mind. Sure. I think cookies is reductive, because they are different. <laughs> yeah. Like not every not every cookie is 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 a biscuit, but every biscuit's a cookie or something. You know, like not every. Drugs medication, very, but every medication is drugs. That's very existential. Um, and jam and jello, it's just, it's just people don't know, right? And even I didn't know. Uh, so we'll call it. What do we call I it? Call that, uh, I call that one all actually. <laughs> well, no, I'm giving you a point for the the jams jellies thing because that makes more sense than what we do. Okay, I'll, I'll take jam one as well. So it's two two one to the so UK. It's two one. So we'll start. We'll start the next cultural differences with two. Two for UK, one for USA, and we'll just keep score. Like it's uh, like I'm, a competition, you know, like all things. Who is better? Read a subtitle for this, like cultural differences. Uh, battlefield, you know, <laughs> or modern warfare. Modern war? No, we can't call that. We can't call it modern warfare. Um, what else could it be? Uh, um, how about just which culture is better? <laughs> Cult- cultural dominance. Cultural dominance is pretty good. That's still bad. Uh, I mean, this is still going to get us in trouble, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, <sighs> how about the winner gets to decide? End of okay, the first season. Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So, uh, so to distinguish this from a suggestion that uh, one of our listeners has uh, yeah. kindly written in about cultural differences... Um, we got cultural dominance, which is about who is correct. Sure, uh, sure. But uh, a friend of mine who goes by the name Oblivious Ostrich um, suggested you reacting to me saying very British phrases. 
Oh my god. We've been doing that ever since we've known we each other. We have. When I when I saw the suggestion, I thought this works well because you also have watched a certain YouTube channel which does quizzes about slang. And right. you come to me with like, is this true? Is this is this what it is? Like your reaction to it is genuinely fascination and and shock that really? Is that actually a thing? So I'll be honest. My relationship with you and my relationship with Faeus, who is yes. our mutual friend who actually made the uh, theme music for the show, uh, yeah. who will, I'm sure we'll credit again later. Uh, my, my relationship with you was solely to make me understand why you people say the things you do. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, get it. I don't I understand I have one it. example here. Okay. Uh, but um, Ostrich says phrases like i'm just popping to poundland for fucks what are you talking about so what could that possibly mean <laughs> well, what you, okay what do you th- what do you think it means does it mean having sex <laughs> that means like oh i'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna pop into poundland tonight kind of thing that is that is such a perfect explanation and it's so far from the truth <laughs> <laughs> okay what is it uh, so poundland is a dollar store Excuse, uh-huh. So we have pounds instead of dollars, and Poundland yes. is a brand of dollar store. Oh, okay. So you might have Dollar Tree. You said Dollar whatever. Store. I said yes. Yeah, we had Dollar Tree, and then so we have like the ninety nine cent store. And we say pop as in like a quick trip too, because you know we can walk to them a lot of the time. So sure, if you live in a town sure. center, I'm popping around the corner. I'm gonna pop to the Poundland and get some Kinder eggs, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But you can but understand you say it why I <laughs> oh, think yeah. that's what it is. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are thousands of these. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, here's uh, what I'll do. I will I will go back and review our previous lists, and I will come to you <laughs> the next Cultural Differences with... That sounds excellent. ...with some some words that just enrage me. So just... uh, we, we need a, a title... So we got cultural dominance. We changed the second word there. How about we go for like um, something something differences, beginning with a C, like a like a like a confusing differences or something. Like colloquial differences. Yeah, as much good. of a mouthful that is, because it's all colloquial, colloquial phrases, right? Yeah, and and that's so so we can have cultural differences as a general header, and then sure. we can f- as find, like an, find like an some umbrella. snappy. Yes, find some snappy. Can I just say how absolutely stupid this is? Like, like this is like the, the the process of naming shit, like naming segments and shows and stuff, is yeah. always like horrendous and grueling and should never be revealed to the audience. And the entire format of our show is just ah, wing it. Here it is. Here's the process, idiots. And then almost invariably, we're gonna have to say, "What do we call that?" Yeah, and uh, I know. Says, uh, a a bit big. Big fun game? No, wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> two countries, two guys. <laughs> what do we call it? An ocean apart. That's 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 beautiful. That's romantic. Uh, linguistic voyages. Okay, <laughs> stop saying names because um, I've already forgotten what we call it. <laughs> well, luckily we are recording this and revealing the process to the audience, so we can go back and listen and go, "Wow, we are geniuses." We called that's it fair. phonetic fuckups. <laughs> Are you writing all these down? No, not not even oh. slightly. Ugh. Okay. All right. We have more to I cover. I wrote down cultural dominance. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I like cultural dominance. We have more to cover, yeah. and we are already like thirty-eight minutes into the episode. That's true. Okay. Uh, a revisit from last episode, one that you said that you didn't have an answer to. Maybe you have in the last forty minutes. What is your favorite piece of media ever? Yeah, this question popped up last time, and I was so I was reeling. At the concept that someone sure. could just go, oh yeah, I think it's uh, Star Wars Episode Three, you know, or or Boy. something. I'd like to meet that person. <laughs> yeah, for various reasons, but like that someone would have that singular-minded confidence to say, yeah, my favorite piece of media is is uh, Act Three of King Lear or something, you know, like sure. I just I just have too much breadth of appreciation because well, that is for... that is anything. That is that is paintings. That is art. That's music. That's movies. TV. Uh, that's books. That's uh, the poster that you saw for the bakery down the corner. Like that's anything. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident in mine because it's you know it, it, I I fell in love with it the minute I I consumed it. But 
you know, with someone like you who's consumed more media than I will ever in my life, what? How do you how do you pick? I mean, I'm not I'm not pressuring you. I'm not pressuring you to answer right now, right? No, it's the biggest. And, and, and that's why this is on the list because I know I don't have an answer to it, but I find it really interesting. I want to hear something at some and point. I want to hear something. I could probably give you a favorite painting. I could okay. maybe give you a favorite book. Certainly, currently, sure. Movies and music would be so hard. I don't think I can narrow it down in the next twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, stage plays. I could probably give you a favorite. I love Les Miserables. Oh really? And seeing it on stage is probably like my. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd have to go with that as like a a, a musical or a stage performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I, I love the King Killer Chronicles, and I think they do remain my favorite book. Okay. Uh. Which sounds like a kind of a cop-out, since we talked about it so much last time. But they are genuinely, at least within speculative fiction, are definitely my favorite series. I mean, it, they're, they're unbelievable. They're like, different. They are. Yeah. Uh, painting-wise, um, After Lunch by Patrick Caulfield has always been a painting which I absolutely love. It's, a, it's, an, it's actually not too dissimilar in tone from our own podcast's uh, artwork. It's blue really? with black lines. It is oh, a um, it is a, a, a cafe scene painted in blue tones with heavy black, very neat lines drawn over the top around all of the chairs and the plants and the windows. Okay. So it's very graphic. Uh, I mean, graphically styled, not like violence and sex everywhere. Well, no, um, I will. Uh, I will put it by the way in the YouTube video. So if yeah. you're watching on YouTube right now, you there it is. You're looking at it. And. Um, I discovered this when I was in college, and my sister bought me a print of it, mm-hmm. uh, which I still have framed in my art studio. And oh, that sounds that sounds so pompous. Yeah, framed in my art studio. For those who well, don't it's... know, I have a studio. It's like literally like like six foot by ten. It's tiny, and the only wall space I have this one print of. Yeah. Um, but because I genuinely appreciate it, and I've seen the original at the Tate Modern in London, and it was amazing, so neatly painted. I, it was everything I aspired to get out of artwork, and it still remains definitely at the top for me. So, as a piece of media, that's like the most definitive within its category. Okay, I didn't uh, expect you to have anything. I've, no, I figured you have to think either. about it for multiple episodes. Once you pointed out that it was different categories. You know, that's my shortlist. I had to pick one from each, whatever, you know, like... Yeah, like sure. Like, movies, I don't know. Like, that's still music. That's, yeah, I don't... That's probably something by Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd have really? a you're, very you're, you're... precious part, uh, place in my heart. Actually, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock it in. For music, it's Shine On Your Crazy Diamond Parts 1 to 10 by Pink Floyd. Okay. They are beautiful and heart-rending and mesmerizing and meditative all at once uh they're 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 both a a love letter and a eulogy to a friend uh they have such meaning and such power to them for me uh because of the meaning they have for the band um and i I, uh, i've fallen asleep listening to that song so many times it's like 40 minutes long all the parts together and i just love Mm. it it's so good that's very cool uh yeah um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed that you could come up with anything with how much just raw media you have consumed. Yeah, and I think I think the key to it really is what key, what what spurs you on to listen to more. What makes you think the stuff like this out there? I want to see mm-hmm. more. And also, it's what makes you keep coming back to it, saying I've gone and looked, and there's still nothing that's beating this. And yeah, for me, coming back to that painting, coming back to that song, coming back to those books, it definitely brings true. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's an answer. Well, I, I did not expect that to be so definitive. <laughs> no, I, neither did I. Wow. Um, and then, really, the last thing we have, and this should probably carry us into ending territory, uh, we <laughs> we decided to go through and uh, churn through all the stuff that we've already got wrong. Well, well. within a single episode. Uh, we've been trying to keep as much of the... Uh planning in the podcast uh, at, at these stages as possible so we don't right. overthink ourselves and plan too much which is why and, we but, pretty much didn't look through this list 
but we did happen to say to each other, "I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go back and nitpick our own mistakes because they are as charming as they are amusing." Well, sure. Uh, I mean, that's that's the that's the prompt that we've given ourselves, right? Is like the the reason that our tagline is "Be your best at the only kind of yourself that it can be," <laughs> is because of our stupid, like, just in the moment saying shit. And it's yeah. better than anything I could have come up with sitting down and trying to come up with a good tagline. So I, I don't want to go back and change stuff. Like, I, I want to preserve that if it's like and, the and that, bones of our show. But if I am stupid and miss a joke or, or you know, you, you should say that, say the wrong thing, then, then we should be like, well, <laughs> that's, we've already done it. I agree. Uh, but it, this does tie somewhat into the second suggestion we had for a feature, which was... Uh, Laz suggesting that we go back and evolve the things that we started going and see if we can make them less stupid and more more, more <laughs> sensical. Yeah. But the sure. one example he listed was the be your best at the only kind of yourself that you, it can be. I will hold on to it be... near and dear like a yeah. young child. I would never let anything happen to be your best at the only kind of yourself that it can be. It's not, this... it is not going anywhere. The suggestion that it should be be the, your best of the only kind of yourself that you can be nope doesn't really lend any more logic to it. It just no. makes it sound more logical at a glance, nope. at a glance, at a at appearance. It, it is ours and it is us, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> Absolutely. So I we're scrapping that feature immediately. We're not revising our stupid ideas because we like our stupid ideas. <laughs> well, it depends, right? We're not revising yeah. these ideas, but we are addressing. The fact yeah. that I that right. you said a very good joke about one. Uh, well, that's the thing, J Jonathan I I, Cena. I think a distinction between an apology or a fact check, uh, where we have categorically got a fact wrong or missed something we should have have got, versus a we revision? create something yeah. out of thin air and it's stupid. I'm not going to apologize for my stupidness because <laughs> it makes me laugh. Whereas, yeah, I, I it would be just very quick to go through this list. I I said. Nissan and Opal were each other's counterpart. It turns out that Voxel and Opal and Datsun and Nissan are the, right, the so, counterparts of each other. So I was on the right path, but I couldn't remember the exact right companies. It's funny, last um, episode we were talking about car brands that I didn't recognize. I don't know Opal, nor do I know Voxel. <laughs> I've never well, heard Vox of either of those things. You'll see Voxel in the UK, but you'll okay. never see Opal. But as soon as you go to the continent of Europe, Opal's everywhere, and there are no Voxels. For some reason, for legality or whatever, they badged them differently. And then yeah, for um, for us, same as it is Nissan or Nissan, whatever. I drive yes. one. I should I should know. Sa how to say same it. in the UK too. Whereas on on the continent, they're Datsuns. Datsuns. I see. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I then, said David Finch instead of David Fincher, which I, I think know. you transposed it with David Lynch. Yes, because I was thinking about David Lynch. Uh, right. But I like both those those uh, directors. So which like, were you talking about? Remind me. I was talking about David Fincher. Okay, so you were talking about David Fincher. Yeah, so I said the right name, I just stopped too soon. <laughs> I said Fair. the er very quietly. Um, yeah, sure. And then I'm, I was talking about my Lord of the Rings tattoo, yeah. and I couldn't decide whether or not it was black speech or deep speech. Deep speech is a language from D&D 5th edition. Yeah, maybe, which maybe, we also... Maybe editions before that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, which we uh, also think about quite often, so that's an easy mistake to right. mix up. Um, and uh, this is <laughs> something that's dumb that I do. I name my spotify playlists like my music playlists i name oh. them after D, D languages i've told you about that before right like i have i have different kinds of music for different D, D languages and it doesn't i have no basis off of it it's literally just like what i like i'm like oh i want to make a you know old school punk playlist i'll name it orcish just because i don't know because it's a course, nice yeah. cohesive thing it looks like a list i don't know it's dumb anyways i transpose that sort of kind of with the thing that's on my arm forever it will yeah. be with me until I die and afterwards. Like, I should know that it's black speech. Yeah, you should. Yeah, well. And what anyways. you should also know is that you can't see John Cena. I, <laughs> I, do, I do know that. And so when you, you talked about I, I, being starstruck and meeting wrestlers, and I said, oh, you managed to see John Cena. It just flew straight in one ear out the other. Completely over my head. 
and I was talking to Della on the phone just a minute ago, like right before we were recording, and she was like, I can't believe you missed that joke. Like she brought it back to to, to the fact that I missed the John Cena joke. Because she reacted to it, listening to it strongly, and I laughed. And you in the recording didn't. And she was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that was really hit. Like, so right. she pointed it out. And I, I noticed it at the moment. I thought, oh, he didn't get that. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> it's fine. Well, um, I mean, that was nice, though. Uh, we had we had a nice little uh, little listening party for the first episode. That was a, a few was hours ago. Um, Everyone's been very supportive. Uh, yeah, and being, I think very, very nice. Genuinely as well, not just because they know we need some you know moral support sure it's a, a genuine uh, enjoyment and want to see it continue yeah that was lovely that's uh all the encouragement i need to talk about more dumb shit like yeah british cookies with you or whatever <laughs> um is there anything else well i have a surprise for you oh i have uh so our our intro music is going to be you know, what it is, what we've talked about. Our outro yeah. music, I have commissioned the band Metallica wow. to write us an outro music. That's amazing. That, that, that we'll hear in, in, in just a second. We're hurtling towards it. We're about to hear an I original. I know they could play music. <laughs> we're going to hear a beautiful, gorgeous, original Metallica song just for Moronic Evolution. I am so excited to hear it. So am I. Are you uh, you ready to wrap this up? It's a little little shorter than uh, than last time, but I think yeah, I think it's a good good target number. Huh? I think a tight hour of rambling is reasonable. Yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, so I, ha- have we evolved this episode? I don't. I don't think so. I think we've evolved from last week, but no. Well, that's what I mean. I'm going to say we have. I'm going to say we are. Not only are we not embarking on our first random podcast where we're saying if this doesn't work no one sees it it's no problem <laughs> two, like we're committed now we That's are true. professionals right we're, well okay no maybe we're maybe not composed. professionals we are committed um I, I for one am devolving back into a primordial sort of conjoined state I, you look with great existence i'm going back yeah i look i've i've i've, I've shed a lot of weight the, the beard floating on top of it is a little weird but it is maybe weird. you can it, absorb that moving around a very a very Evangelion style, yeah, style vibe. Uh, I'm Holly Davenport, <laughs> and I'm John Kinte, and we'll see you next time. Um, oh, tagline. We uh, we're fumbling oh, shit. this utterly. Shit, we were supposed to say that. We we're supposed to say that after. Have we have we evolved? This quick, yes or no? <laughs> the music's coming right now. Help. And remember, be your best at the only kind of yourself that it can be. That's not our tagline. <laughs> Yes, it is. No, it isn't. What, what's our tagline? Our tagline is the 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 have we evolved thing. The beer best deal, this kind of yourself, whatever is in the music. No, we did the have you evolved. We yes, but that's supposed to be at the end. Isn't this the end? The music has to have started at this point. We have to be gone. Can no we just fade out into us? No one's hearing us. <laughs> no one's hearing us. It's all over. Oh jeez. <laughs>